It's a film with three brains. 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 What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, If you love being scared, this could be the night of your life. Hello, and welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Interrupted my cackle. Uh, this is Sean in Chicago. Sam, I am done with the program. Oh, <laughs> that was way cooler than usual. Yeah, yeah that was pretty good. <laughs> I like the Fright Night cackle. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> and I liked the, the impromptu. It was. I well, I just followed Cohen's lead. Bit. Yeah, he was doing like <laughs> a Vincent bit. Price over there or something. <laughs> like that creep show guy or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Crypt Keeper? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the movie we're talking about is Fright Night. <laughs> the 1985 version, because the remake doesn't qualify. And it's not very good. Um, I have always had very fond memories of Fright Night. I always found it kind of amusing and kind of scary, which is always a good combo for a horror movie, I think. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. Not beginning to end. I always watched little snippets here and there, and I was like, oh, it's Fright Night. All right, I like this movie. And as such, there were some things I had sort of forgotten about, uh, both good and bad. But uh, overall, I felt, I felt like it stood up, it held up pretty well. I, I liked it. It, it, it. The remake was a weird misstep, I think. But anyway, what about you guys? I um, remember yeah. wanting to see this movie. Like, and thinking, I'm going to see this movie. Like, you know, I, I have more memories of wanting to actually see the movie and looking at the box in the movie, uh, you know, in the rental store. Yeah. Th than I do of actually the movie. I was like, <laughs> I was like familiar with it, but I was like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. But at the same time, it was like, it's kind of familiar. So I can't really remember it. I have never seen it. This is the first time since whenever that time I couldn't remember. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you watched it two weeks ago. Did you watch the wrong reason. movie? No, no. Like I, I last time I blurted out, I blurted out Hell Night because I remember watching that at Sam's house. Yeah. I remember the ending of that pretty clearly. I remember a few things about that movie, and I've always mixed those two up in my mind. Um, and I've never seen this damn movie. Oh yeah. Oh really? So I mean, I mean, I. I, you know, Amy was watching the the remake one and it mm -hmm. has Chris Sarandon in it, I believe. And, Chris Sarandon's um, in the remake? I could be wrong. I don't remember. Wait, I mean, I don't remember not. it very well. Anyway, she was watching it and I, was, and I, it looked so, it looked familiar enough that I was like, oh yeah, I think I remember some, some of this. And, um, 
and I and the kid, um, William Ragsdale, is that right? Yeah, Ragsdale. Yeah, Ragsdale. He's mm-hmm. um, he looked familiar to me, so I so that kind of fed into like, oh, I must have seen this. I must have seen mm-hmm. this, start. but I've definitely never seen it start to finish. <clears throat> and I think the reason, the only reason I really recognize him is, um, I mean, he's done some movies, other movies, but he was also in a show called Herman's Head. Sure. On Fox, and yeah, I yeah, uh, I used to watch that. Yeah, that was kind of amusing. Mm-hmm. So that's why he looked familiar, not because I had seen the movie. So I, so this is, <laughs> I'm completely fresh. I have no real notion of what it was. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I thought it was um, campier and funnier than I had expected it to be. I thought yeah. it was going to be a little bit more, a little bit less homage and more and more actual screams or actual. Yeah. I mean, there are some some fun, you know, scary moments, and and I like a lot of the creature stuff and the and the makeup and. A lot of that stuff, but it was all new to me. Huh. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I liked uh, one of my favorite things about it is how like Chris Sarandon is. He he's clearly having more fun than anyone else. <laughs> like I feel like he's the one the one person in this in this cast who is kind of like really hamming it up, you know, really kind of chewing the scenery a bit. Yeah. Roddy McDonald, McDonald a bit too, but he has such a, a weird earnestness about him that um, mm-hmm. Chris Rannon just sort of, he seemed like he was in on a joke, you know, and I think that, that actually helped, you know, because yeah. he, he goes about it with such glee. Like when uh, he leaves, he when he towards the end when he leaves Charlie in the room with Amy, and he doesn't, and Charlie doesn't quite realize yet that Amy is is turning into a vampire, and we see Chris Rannon sort of with a skip in his step coming down the stairs, and then he stops, <laughs> and he looks up, and then he hears <laughs> he hears Charlie scream, and he chuckles, <laughs> and then he keeps going. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it seems like he had a a lot of ideas as well. Yeah, like um, I don't know exactly how. It, it worked out, but something about, you know, there's being a lot of fruit bats. Yeah. And so he got the idea to, to have fruit around as a palate cleanser after sucking blood. <laughs> Cause the first time like, I saw the apple in the beginning, I was like, okay, well that has to mean something, yeah. but I'm glad they don't explain it. It's just like something he added here. He thought it yeah. would, be, would be cool. Mm-hmm. There's some other examples, I think, but yeah, he definitely liked it. Yeah, that scene on the on the uh, stairs was totally like a Prince Humperdinck sort of mm-hmm. like look. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, even though this predates it. Yeah, it's, it's our um, it's our double up for the Princess yeah. Bride. I should probably uh, I'll I'll give a quick quick synopsis for our our listeners who have seen neither the original nor the remake. Um, this is sort of a, a a horror twist on Rear Window, where a high school kid um, is sort of observing his new neighbors moving in and, and, you know, just kind of watching them through his window and, uh, discovers that, uh, the guy's a vampire and has probably killed a couple of people who have gone missing and foolishly sort of dives head on <laughs> into trying to like expose him. He calls the police and goes there with them. And he's like, he's a vampire. And I was like, what? And doesn't <laughs> understand why no one believes him. And you know, which is silly. And, uh, one of the things I like about it is the restraint that the vampire shows and not just outright killing him. You know, he almost does a couple of times, but then eventually he's just kind of like, I, I don't, I don't really want to kill you, dude. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like go away, leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, his, uh, the, the high school kid's girlfriend turns out looks just like, uh, 
the vampires like lost love from years earlier. And so he takes an interest in her and sort of abducts her and turns her. And so, and uh, through it all, the high school kid enlists the help of a sort of a washed up uh, horror actor who hosts a, a horror series on TV named Peter Vincent, played by Roddy McDowell, who's this fearless vampire killer, you know, who replaces this character. And so he tracks down the actor and, and convinces him to help him. Then what happens? I don't know. They go out and celebrate with a couple of cheeseburgers. (laughs) (laughs) Vampire, vampire. I think watching this and seeing Ronnie McDowell reminded me of exactly how much Planet of the Apes I, I watched. Which, (laughs) oh, yeah. It was like he's Planet of the Apes. Like, that's, you know, like. Yep. And then. I couldn't get past that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of other stuff too, but yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that Amy being a long lost love. That was another of, of Chris Sarandon's ideas, I believe. Yeah. Which I yeah, think I, is yeah, I was important. reading about his sort of his, like an interview with him, his take on the character. And he was trying to, he didn't want to be just like a boring mindless killer. And so he was, trying to figure ways of sort of introducing a bit of humanity into the character, which I thought was great. I really like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I, hate I, it. I hate it when villains are just so one note. They're just like, oh, I stubbed my toe. I'm going to kill my henchman. You know, like stupid shit like that really bothers me. Because, you know, how it just doesn't seem very realistic at all. <laughs> that people are that anyone anyone is that sort of evil you know even in a horror movie i mean unless you're like freddy krueger jason Voorhees, you know yeah um i think the the him doing that I, and also like just the way they wrote it they have a little bit of the um because it's not i mean it's 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 obvious because it's right in fr- front of you that he is an adult and the kid is a kid Mm-hmm. But they're actually, you know, you're supposed to think of like good guy versus bad guy, you know, good guy versus monster. But mm-hmm. he really is playing the adult. He's like, he's kind of, you know, patronizing him, you know, <laughs> just it's, mm-hmm. it, I, I don't know. To me, I think that, that there are elements of this movie that that resonate with people far outside of what it is that, uh, you know, we don't run into to vampires too often, but I think you know as a teenager watching this movie you'd be like yep that's pretty much how i get dismissed with you know (laughs) as a kid by some adult you know and he was doing that both of them and his henchman evil evil ed uh was was you know the same way there to kind of laughing at him broken i'm like like yeah you know what we're doing wrong but you're just a kid yeah give it up which which is an element that doesn't show up in any other horror movies i can think of evil ed was i thought the I evil ed was billy the, cole billy i mean cole. billy cole sorry okay. not evil okay. ed. yes sorry thank you for for correcting me yes but billy yeah, cole was, yeah it was interesting that he's i mean i assume he was like a familiar like we would think of mm-hmm. a normal vampire has a that that type thing but he wasn't, or I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't explained or there was, there's a lot that's not explained. And I think yeah, that's probably for the best because, you know, like the, the wolf thing, for example, I mean, he mentioned, yeah. I remember him saying wolf and I was like, wolf, 
what? Yeah. And then, sure enough, there's there comes a you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Evil Ed eventually becomes a wolf. Yeah. Which was a cool scene, but I I you know. Yeah. It does. Either, yeah. It's, it seems like perhaps maybe as they were shooting or editing, you know, per, certain elements of the script got sort of drop a drop for, you know for pacing or whatever. Um, things that didn't necessarily require explanation were sort of dropped. Yeah. Like like Billy Cole when he gets shot and like he turns into goo. Right. You know, and then yeah, yeah that's where I was going into, with that. <laughs> turning into a werewolf, and even though he's clearly a vampire, yeah. So I mean, or the uh, the cross. I mean, he they they reinforced the the like, you have to have faith for the cross mm-hmm. to work, but they didn't explain why it worked for. Um, yeah, Peter well, Vincent. Yeah, the first time. I mean, he Chris Rannon says something. It's like a throwaway line. He says. That only works on me if you have faith. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yes. So I guess the the the, the, the it just means that he's because he's the alpha or whatever. He right. Is a bit more powerful than the others. His minions or right. you know disciple. I don't know what you call them. His children. <laughs> yeah, and especially Evil Ed, who was a brand new vampire. He probably didn't couldn't withstand very much at all, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> he was my favorite, by the way. Yeah. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I love. Have it. you looked up? Do you know his filmography? Uh, it, a little bit. It is really interesting to flip through that because there is probably no one else who you can go from. Uh, here, I'm just going to read <laughs> that he goes from a movie <laughs> called uh, "Where Is It?" Nine Seven Six Evil. You guys probably remember. Yeah, I do. To just a couple years later, uh, Hole in the Wall, Latin Crotch Rockets, uh, <laughs> Transsexual Prostitutes, Transsexual Prostitutes 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a second. How did you jump from <laughs> 976 Evil? To you know, a Twilight Zone episode, and then a whole bunch of uh, porn movies. Hmm. And then you come back around. So after you get past like Private Temptations and Buffing Gay and all this stuff, you come back around to a movie called Bite Marks, and then he's in <laughs> The Day of the Living Dead. Like he came back. Oh. Wow. Like there's nowhere in between. He does like. 20 some porn movies <laughs> with nothing else in between and yeah. then yeah i did think anyway. about that too when he so he he gets he's killed and he's transformed back to a boy and he's uh naked and i thought you know like okay <laughs> he thought hey this naked teenager has a <laughs> has a future in porn <laughs> i mean there was no full frontal so you couldn't really tell him that that way but i mean that that kid had to he had to make a choice to like you know like well i mean yeah I, I don't know i don't know how it came about i just thought it was it just struck me like oh uh okay <laughs> he's uh he's naked now that's that's fine but that i mean that was a cra- that was a crazy ch- like that i mean there's a lot of crazy sort of creature stuff happening mm-hmm. it's all over the, it's all over the map yeah and it's and it's a lot of fun 
But I mean, if you try to make sense of it, it it's going to fall apart a little bit. <laughs> no, don't try to. Yeah. His acting was great though. Cause he looks so like sad, shocked and disappointed at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Like I'm not invincible. Like, yeah. you know, and yeah. you, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I, I still like to before every, you, yeah, go every ahead. once in a while, I still bust out a, you're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him from the beginning because he just, you know, he's laughing and smiling the whole time. Like everything's funny to him, mm-hmm. you know, and he's kind of making fun of uh, Brewster. But, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's something, there was something about his face that just, it just you, like, oh, this guy's funny. He's fun. <laughs> and he's, and he was even better as a, you know, as a creature, I think. Yeah. Although he didn't, it's something about getting his, his mouth glued shut from the adhesive oh yeah i saw i read that Oops. one of the scenes towards the end they filled his mouth with some sort of goo that was supposed to all come pouring out but they realized they what did they, they use like dental glue or something it said prosthetic Oops. adhesive oh, oh gosh Oops. <laughs> and that's the that's you know some of the effects were really good for the most part i thought they were pretty damn good yeah um, they were and then the thing i read is that the you know in those days the those big gnarly contact lenses were extremely painful and they could only wear them for a certain amount of time. And then there was a story about how, um, Amanda Bierce, who plays Amy, um, was, had been wearing them for hours and she, you know, was complaining about it and took them out and they, and the crew figured out that they hadn't like properly buffed them down to be smooth. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. And then, uh, I forgot, I think it was Stephen Jeffries who was who was blinded for a while because of his. They scratched his corneas all up. Oh, see Jesus! For a while. Ugh, Making me wince. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's scarier than Sean's scream. And I guess Chris Chris Sarandon's makeup took so long that he used to help by doing the fingers while they were doing his face for those shots where he had to wear the full makeup. Mm. That was one of the things I remember most clearly about this movie was the scene, that initial scene where he visits Charlie in his house and he pulls the door into the, uh, yeah, the gym yeah. and his, and so his mom can't come out rather than just kill her. I always thought that was awesome. I don't know why I always liked that. He just like locks her in there instead of just killing her outright and then visits him in his room and then it's like pushing him out the window and then, and then Charlie stabs him with the pencil and then you see him in his yeah. vampire form. That always gave me the heebie jeebies when we were kids. I yeah, said that was a really good. effective scene. And then when you when you see Amy fully like fully transformed with that big gaping smiley teethy mouth. Yep. That that in the oh, red yeah. eyes that gave me That's... that that kind of scared me when we were kids. And even even watching it I was like, "Eesh, that looks yeah. really good." That looks yeah, really it does good. look really good. It's totally like it or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unnerving. It's really well done. Yeah, I thought this that... is the first movie this vampire movie that is to spend over a million bucks on special effects. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, the guy who did it, um, what the hell is his name? Uh, Richard Edlund uh, was an indi- industrial light and magic guy. Then started his okay. own company called Boss Films, which we have uh, a bit of um, double ups because he did the effects for Big Trouble in Little China and Die Hard. Also Star yeah. Wars and Ghostbusters. But Sure. So he's got a, a pretty good resume. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit on something important there because the idea that he was kind of picking and choosing his victims, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not completely consistent all the way through. Like in the nightclub, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you just right. create a whole bunch of, 
witnesses yeah. here. Yeah. And they won't remember what you looked like. Um, but other than that, like his is, you know, he seems to first want to like drop, you know, he wants to just keep him quiet and keep him scared and he figures that that's good enough. That that should be mm-hmm. fine. Um, and doesn't, yeah, doesn't kill the mother. Um, one, because he's, you know, she's apparently not, she's not a young girl or something, but yeah, also then to keep, keep the peace, you know? Yeah. And then, it seems like he just wants to like be left alone to feed on hookers and shit who won't be right. missed. Right. Exactly. He has, there's, there's sort of a method to the mm-hmm. madness and then, yeah, it sort of progresses. So that's why I thought Amy was so important because had he not, you know, seen her mm-hmm. and so when they all go to feed him the holy water like he's like oh he's gonna come to me and i thought oh was well, he gonna kill him or kill all you know like there's some kind of plan right. there should be a plan but whatever that was was scrapped as soon as he saw amy yeah. he's like oh wait a second right so all that kind of it holds it together a little bit mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. you know as much as you can as you care to follow it but but right. yeah i i thought that too like <laughs> I like I like the uh, the choices he made most for the most part. I mean, there's some weirdness, but or yeah. like yeah, tr- like tracking down Evil Ed, and then uh, well, yeah, and then in the nightclub as well. Like the reason he he said you got you're gonna bring uh, Peter Vincent to my house, and you know he still he still had a, a motive for all these things he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was good because. Like you said earlier, like if you if it's two one note, if he's just there to kill, which is fine too, but that's a completely different movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's where the remake sort of mis- made its misstep is it didn't really have that element to it. It sort of had the element where he wanted to be left alone, you know, where he didn't really want to kill him. He's like, I just want to live here, dude. Like back off. But it didn't have the Amy thing, and so the plotting became a little more, I don't know, like clunky. I suppose. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Colin Farrell is a fine actor, but his take on it was completely different than Chris Rannon's, you know, hmm. like he was more expected, a more expected villain, like a handsome villain, you know, and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned that scene in the nightclub, which also was one of those scenes that, that was like, like, oh, it's totally like a teenage you know teenage thing like you you go to you're at the dance and some other guy you know steals your girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) with his mesmerizing dance move i I, I like his hypnotic way about him well i like that you know that that reminded me of uh did you guys ever watch true blood a little bit yeah so in true blood you know it's all about vampires and stuff they the vampires can do this thing they call glamoring yes mm-hmm. and uh that's what he was that's to me that was what he was doing to amy you know like yeah you know he was just like psychically influencing her in subtle ways mm-hmm. which i thought was interesting and again they didn't explain it they just right. he just did it and you're like oh okay it's i mean she seemed to kind of go in and out because it because then she would yeah. be like yeah you know she would figure out where she was or this this wasn't right but then she was torn or she was drawn to it yeah, i mean as soon as she meets him she's like that guy's cool or whatever she says you know yeah. isn't he isn't he cool or something i don't know you're so cool <laughs> um tiny little factoid about the remake it was directed by a dude named craig gillespie he directed laura's the real girl oh, and i nice. tanya 
and Cruella. And in the late 80s, early 90s, he was an art director at the agency I currently work at. Sweet. Yep. Mind-blowing shit there. Yep. <laughs> throw, that, throw that out at parties. Huh? <laughs> uh, the, you know, the writer-director of this, Tom Holland, he, he wrote, uh, I think he wrote and directed Child's Play, the original. Right. Yeah, I was impressed by that, too. Like, Which spawned many sequels and remake stuffs and whatever. But the original's pretty good. Yeah. I actually have seen that one. Yeah. Didn't imagine it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it's, um, I mean, for what it is, well, it made a lot of money. It's obviously successful, but it sort of picked, uh, you know, a lane, like I'm going to make this creepy doll thing mm-hmm. and funny, you know, he's going to say a bunch of funny stuff and, yeah, and not, uh, I mean, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if he, cause that was significantly in the, or wait, was that later? That's later in the 85, right? Child's play. I think it's later. I think yeah. I think uh, Fright Night was his fir- the first movie he first directed because yeah. he had written a couple of one, uh, pretty successful movies before that class of 1984 and I forgot something else oh, and he, then yeah. Cloak he, and Dagger was writing that yeah Cloak and Dagger right and then uh, he wanted to direct this and uh, what are, the studio was like all right you know you wrote some winners for us why not yeah Child's Play was 88 yeah yeah. So I felt like he may have figured out, he streamlined it a bit. He's like, okay, let's make a more, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, mainstream type mm-hmm. horror movie. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that um, Charlie Sheen had auditioned and was sort of up for the role of Charlie Brewster. It was between him and Williams Ragsdale. And Tom yeah. Holland, the director, didn't want Charlie Sheen because he looked like a hero. Hmm. And he wanted someone who looked like the kid next door, who maybe wasn't heroic in some way, but Charlie Sheen just looked, you know, like a leading man, you know. Yeah, so he's a tough guy. Yeah, which I thought was a, uh, you know, I, kind of a ballsy choice, I guess, as a first-time director. Although he had some success as a writer, I don't know. Like Char- Charlie Sheen in 1985 was, was he already sort of a? Not quite. Um... Was he already sort of a name? I feel like... Oh, I mean, he, when did Platoon come out? That was like 88. That's later. That's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, I feel like Emilio Estevez was... was uh, he, had, he picked up his... Or his star was shining brighter first. Yeah. Since yeah. Brothers or whatever, half-brothers. I mean, he was in Red Dawn in 84. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, of course... Yeah, that was it. And then oh, yeah, that was, was it. Yeah, Red Dawn, yeah. Yeah. And then Lucas and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and the Raids yep. and Platoon all came after. Yep. Huh. Interesting. I think it's interesting that Peter Vincent is a mashup of Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. Right. <laughs> well, Tom Holland said when he wrote it, he, he wanted Vincent Price originally to play the role. And he tried to get him, but Vincent Price was old and his... his um, health wasn't great and he didn't want to be in horror movies anymore yeah so he didn't do it <laughs> he's too type and then it turned out and then i read the thing he said he was actually it was for the best because then by casting ronnie mcdowell and, and sort of working on the character and that or, you know him working on the character you know making him like this washed up sort of never was rather than a has-been or, or you know aging whatever he just you know he had been a a c-list from the beginning 
you know, worked worked better for the character in the film, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. I really like Roddy McDowell's performance. the the scene The scene where Evil Ed dies, there is a lot of just silent reaction shots of Roddy McDowell. <laughs> there really is. There's a, a lot, <laughs> you know, and he really does a pretty good job of keeping it sort of interesting with just as weirdo his facial expressions of yeah. just like surprise and horror and sort of empathy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Reaching he really out goes for through, him. Like, yeah, 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 he really goes through a whole like, <laughs> the of emotions there on all without saying a word. I'm like, oh my God, this scene goes on forever. This poor it's guy. It's really long. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's funny that, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he's basically fired right from his show and he has a little, he makes a little dig at like Friday 13th and Halloween and stuff when he says all people want now are, you know, masked serial killers slashing their way through whatever. But anyway, so he gets, he loses his job in the beginning, but he spends the rest of the movie right through the end dressed in his like character's (laughs) costume. (laughs) Yeah, I think he had to put that on to be the role. You think so? Well, he yeah, put it on. I mean, he says, the house. Even when, yeah, but uh, even when he okay. shows up out of the blue at his house, he's wearing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, yet he, he. I think he's playing he was the dressed role. Down, but he was dressed down, and then he and then he dressed in his full costume when yes. yeah, they went to the house. And he and came did that. I guess, yeah, because yeah, he was like, "I'm just an, I'm just an actor," and as the kid was essentially saying, "Well." I need you to be that actor. I need you to be him. Yeah. You know, to fight this guy. Yeah, it's kind of, you yeah. know, it's it's a, it's a little bit like Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I also think it's funny that um Charlie Brewster is probably the only high school boy who wears blazers daily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's wearing a blazer almost every scene <laughs> where he's not just like sitting in his room alone. Who the hell wears blazers in 1985? I mean, we we started high school in 1988. Do you remember any kids wearing blazers? Not really. <laughs> no. And I it's got to be what a even fucking blazer was. It's got to be even a smaller subset of students that would wear a blazer and then cruise around in a muscle car, you know, like a calico right. colored muscle car. Going on a Mustang, yeah. Well, it's a Mustang with a lot of primer on it. Mm-hmm. That was actually the director's car. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> He told it. He told it. Uh, told it about ten years after Friday Night came out. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I I liked him too. I thought he was. I thought he was pretty believable. I mean, the, in the beginning, it's a little. You know, some of it, the way he is, says some of his lines is a little weird. But I, you know, you really, I, twenty or thirty minutes in, I'm I'm pretty much buying into it. His, yeah. his thing. You know, his I. I know exactly what's going on. I just got to figure out how to convince people yeah. what's going on. He de- he's he's a bit old, of course, but you know a little bit old. But so not, is, not as much as Amanda. Uh, yeah, here. She was like, she's she was like she was almost thirty when they made this, or she was twenty seven, I think. Yeah, <laughs> she looked at sometimes. Yeah, they should have got her on uh, twenty one Jump Street, man. Well, how long did it take her to go from that to married with children? Oh, that couldn't have been that long. Married with Children came out in the 80s, right? 80s, yeah. Whenever the hell Fox first started, I think 1987. 87, so not that long. Yeah, and she plays a a middle-aged woman, basically. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Two years later. She's right? still, <laughs> I don't think they were supposed to be middle-aged. I think they were well, newlyweds. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So 30. But still. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> she didn't do Dar- much after. Darcy, uh, she didn't do much after married with children, really. A few things here and there. She did a lot of directing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Episodes. Oh, yeah. Right. That's right. She did. She did do it. You're right. So, uh, for people out there who are like, wait, a kid who's realizing the guy next door down the street is a vampire, um, you got to compare it to Lost Boys, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, Lost Boys was a couple years later, but as I was watching this, I was like, oh, like this element is clearly the same element in Lost Boys. Yeah. Like, like the, there's definitely some... Uh, some overlap there and including like, you know, just the inviting into the house, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, and all yeah. that. Um, so I guess my question is lost boys obviously has huge cult following years mm-hmm. and years later, this movie, not so much, even though this movie's decent. If you like lost boys, should you see this movie? If sure. you don't like lost boys, should you see this movie? Who doesn't like the Lost Boys? <laughs> if you don't like Lost Boys, you should have your head examined. But yeah, no, I think I like I think the Lost Boys is fantastic. In fact, it's I've almost picked it several times. Oh, it's great. Um, it's so much fun, and uh, yeah. you know everyone in it is firing on all cylinders. You know, Joel Schumacher before Batman. <laughs> we we know this. So if you're like, hey, if you're like, hey, I like Lost Boys, should I see this? Yeah, you know, this is different. I, you know, I mean, the Lost Boys is—it's a fantastic premise, you know, and a great title, <laughs> and just a lot—you know—it's just a lot more fun. You know, Jerry Dandridge isn't a—you know—you know, ostensibly teen boys who were turned into vampires as teens. You know, yeah, like that right there. You take teenage boys who are already kind of assholes and make them vampires? <laughs> right. Fuck. Right. It's a lot right. worse. We, should, we probably shouldn't go too far down this this wormhole because I'm sure we'll revisit it with an entire yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> but they, yeah, they are, that's the differentiation is that it's so social. Like it's about this group of, of you know, vampires and, yeah. and like the, yeah. how they meet and they're like, you know, riding bikes on the beach and stuff. Whereas yeah. this is like... These are loners, basically. It's it's yeah. him and his girlfriend and this one guy that he, you know, t- doesn't even treat like a, like they're not really friends. Even I mean, I mean they are, but they're not. You know, like yeah. he's like, don't call me evil. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then he, yeah, it's so it's it's like a different sort of vibe to it. Yeah. So if you like your teenage movies about you know other teenagers, you know about fitting in, and then Lost Boys is yeah. Lost Boys is a bit bigger too, you know, like it, it, it's a little, a little bit broader in scope, you know, it's, it's this whole town. There's lots of people involved and, and, you know, right. Fright Night is so small and self-contained for the most part. But Sam, you were kind of talking about the the comic book thing, like that, that they're, they're believers, right? Yeah. That that's, that's the, the thread, you know, that, that, you know. He's yeah. a he's a believer too. He's a he, you know obviously just because he saw all this stuff, he saw a coffin, he saw fangs. He's you know he like he has a lot of evidence for this, but he's convinced. And the only thing he really could do, which is call the cops, completely backfired on him. So he knows he's on his own. 
but I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, Lost Boys involves the whole family. Yeah. The, the mother is just <laughs> sort of sort of out of the picture. I like I liked that little throwaway. Like she's like, oh, and I got late. I got to work nights tomorrow. Like you know, yeah. she's you know, like, oh, right. yeah, that's important. Yeah. yeah. And then Evil Ed is in his house. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I was waiting for Mrs. Brewster, but who knew she works nights? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. Do you think if if someone I mean, I know we've, we, you know, we always talk about remakes and when it's already been remade and, um, but if they had had a bigger budget, do you think it would have changed significantly? Hmm. I mean, uh, probably not. I don't know. I, I mean, that's really hard to say for me. It didn't feel like sacrifices were made because of budget. Right. Hmm. It, I don't know. Everything kind of felt like it was what he intended. And I could be totally wrong, of course, because what the hell do I know? That was just the impression I got from watching it. But yeah, if they wanted to see a whole bunch of bones spill across the floor and a skull roll around, then they're going to do that. You know? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Nothing felt like uh, watching the effects and, and the things they did. It didn't to me. It didn't seem like they cheaped out. It didn't seem like they cut away because they couldn't afford the effects or whatever, or the effects they had were garbage, you know, cause yeah. I thought everything looked pretty good. There's even, there's, there's one, there's one effect that's a little shoddy, but I really like it anyway. It's when near the sort of the, sort of when the, when the, the, you know, the third act is really sort of gearing up and they're in his house. And I think it's, I forgot what happens, but he turns into a bat. And the camera suddenly follows him as it just the shadow of him flies yeah. down the side of the of the interior of his house. And it, it, you can see there's little seams of the optical effects a little bit, but just the camera move is so fast and fluid and interesting. And then he turns into a bat and then, and then he's gone. And it's mm. pretty quick, but I always thought, I, you know, I thought it was pretty effective. I, I, that transition of him was was sort of a clever way of him becoming a bat without, without them having to transform him into a bat. Yeah, I suppose. So maybe, I don't know, maybe things like that. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, I think Jaws proved that sometimes it's better, it's better, you know, to not pull back the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you said the, the big, re, you know, when he reveals himself to be a vampire, that's so early on. Yeah. Which is hardly ever done. Yeah. And I, when that first happened, I was like, whoa, is this, is this going to be like the shortest movie ever? What What's going on here? <laughs> But I think it also works to sort of like get you in his head like, oh, okay, definitely, you know, I was right. I was definitely right about this. It's not going to be mm-hmm. like the burbs where the entire movie is like speculation. Right. Oh, it's, it's funny you mentioned the burbs. They're shot in the same back lot. Fright Night and the Burbs. Oh, yeah. You can tell they looked exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you mentioned pacing, like the the long transformation scenes, and and there is a lot of space given to the actors, and it's just yeah. it's kind of long. The whole thing's kind of long, and there's a lot of dramatic yeah. music and stuff. But it's you know, once uh, once you get pat, once you get about halfway through it, you're like, okay, well, this is going to take his time. It's just gonna, you know, you, you kind of get over that. I I I felt myself forgiving it at first. I was like, oh, this is going to be painful, and then I was like, ah, whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, 
let's let's yeah. see let's see what happens next what what crazy things gonna happen next yeah <laughs> yeah like he's he slashed a a bouncer with his nails i mean <laughs> threw another one across the room and then and then there was a mass stampede somehow that yeah caused their separation like i wouldn't have seen that i wouldn't have predicted that for that scene like that when that scene happened i was like well this is you know i of all of the ways it would have gone i didn't i didn't picture that yeah I will. Uh, yeah, that that actually seemed quite out of character. I think. Yeah, it took me out I, of it a little bit. I was like, yeah, because eh. like he's that's it. Like, I mean, I know there's not cell phones in 1985, but that's a lot of witnesses who just saw a dude, right? Like slash his throat with his nails and throw a giant man across the room. <laughs> you know, like he's a doll. Yeah. And his eyes are all red and shit. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that scene handled differently somehow. I don't, I'm, I don't know how, <laughs> but differently, you know, like something a little more subtle. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I was thinking it was subtle and commando in the same sentence, but <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking of the scene where he's on the airplane with the guy and he leans forward and he goes, and he like throws his elbow in his face and basically knocks yeah. on and snaps his neck and then puts his hat over and he says, please don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but at least, every, you know, it was like, it was subtle in the, in the, I guess, in the um, context of that film. <laughs> right. As subtle as Arnold can be. Right. That was the you quickest, know. most painless death in the whole film. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, that's, I, I, I was thinking of that, like, I, you know, couldn't he have like, I don't know, sort of put his hand through the bouncer's stomach all up close and reached through the back of him and just, you know, like pulled his guts out and walked away and no one really noticed because it was so crowded and loud, you know, or I don't know. Yeah. But just I like guess... revealing himself like that seemed against his everything they have sort of built of his characters until then. Right, right. Yeah, that was that was that struck me too. I mean, I guess you yeah. could just say, well, he didn't bite anybody. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't have suppose. his fangs out. But... They would people would say, oh, he must have had a knife. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I guess Tom Holland was saying up until very recently he was working on a direct sequel. Right. That would be all about Evil Ed and trying to resurrect Jerry Dandridge and, and Billy Cole. Because, at the you know, you never see Evil Ed sort of disintegrate the way Billy Cole and Jerry Dandridge do. So the idea is that he's still alive. And ignore Fright Night 2 altogether, the old this 80s sequel that it's like his, Jerry Dandridge's sister comes and finds Charlie Brewster or something. I don't know. Hmm. I saw it. I don't remember it. I remember not liking it. Does that have anything to do with the, the red eyes at the end? Yeah. Well, I think that was the, that was his intention mm-hmm. is that the yeah. red eyes was evil Ed and he was going to make a sequel and then something happened. I don't, I, I read about it. Um. What, something happened and Tom Holland was not involved in the sequel for whatever reason. Okay. It ended up being, um, I forget the guy's name. Just While you're looking that up, the backlock was also the back, uh, the backlot was also used in something wicked. This way comes. Oh yeah. That's oh. a good movie. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I liked it when I was a kid. The uh, the music kind of snuck up on me in this one. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. You approved? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, well, there's two parts. There's the, there's the score, uh, Brad Feidel, um, who's done some other good stuff, other movies. Uh, but I mean that, you know, that's fine. It was, it was a little dramatic, but again, it fit, it fit the movie. No problem with that. But I, what I mean is the, when you look at the soundtrack, how many big bands are in there? <laughs> Yeah. Like the Fright Night at the end, that's the Jay Giles band. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Jay Giles Mark, band. And Mark, Mark, Mark Mothersbaugh has a song too, right? Yeah. Or some music or something. Yeah. It's credited to Devo, I think. But yes, Let's Talk, whatever. I don't know which one that mm-hmm. was. Um, there's a band called Sparks who's who's uh, having a, a moment of, uh, there's like a documentary about it right now. It's Anyway, but there's there's just some crazy stuff in there. And yeah. um it just, it just, it was sneaky how they used it. They just sort of, you know. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. I mean, I guess, and also there's like the, the, the typical 80s fair, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever was playing at the, at the nightclub. I can't remember that, but. Yeah. I don't know. The, uh, the guy who directed the sequels, his name is Tommy Lee Wallace. He directed, um, Halloween three season of the witch. And uh, it, the original miniseries from 1990, mm. which you like because of Tim Curry. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. He Indeed. was scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right. <laughs> was there anything else notable no, notable about the music uh i mean nothing that i i can speak on uh knowledgeably <laughs> <laughs> or that's never stopped you before <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's, that's very true that is very true <laughs> i guess i'm saying i'm gonna stop before i embarrass myself further did we um did we have any other double ups besides um chris randon and uh mm. the effects guy richard edlin I don't think so. I did notice that the um, the the background um, the Dracula footage was mm-hmm. Christopher Lee, who yeah. is not oh, a double yeah. for us, but obviously he's in a zillion things. But probably most notably the uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, movies, yeah, and the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, uh, we don't talk about those. <laughs> Did you guys notice in that first film he's watching, uh, he, he pulls out the 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 steak and the, and the, it's backwards. It's backwards. backwards. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He goes chase like after so with the steak back. Yeah. yeah. Which I, also, um, and did you notice that when uh, the first visit when he's when the, the kid's being pushed out the window, he stabs him with the pencil and he pulls his hand away. The pencil's all the way through his hand, but his hand was around the kid's neck. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, like, yeah. I was like, wait, I missed that. the pencil should have gone right through his neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, anyway. Yeah, there's I think another... This, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, covering our usual stuff, that, that, that this movie, even though it's a horror movie, I think you can be a little bit on the younger side. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. To me, this doesn't seem any spookier than some of the spooky stuff in the Harry Potter movies. And that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I think Not it's a little I'd sexual, def- but. 
Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think um, that 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 observation has been made that um, that uh, the the teenage vampire thing, like like Twilight, is like going through puberty. All of a sudden, you you turn into this vampire and you become this uh, hypersexual. Uh, creature, you know, <laughs> like the the woman, you know, the the girlfriend. All of a sudden, like <laughs> her cleavage is bigger, her hair is totally different. She's got all this makeup on because <laughs> she turned yeah. into a vampire overnight. <laughs> I I read that. So they, you know, in the novelization of Fright Night that came out after the film was released, um, they talk about how her boobs got bigger. The character's boobs got bigger when she was turned into the vampire. And when she turned back, they didn't get smaller. And Charlie was really happy about that. Isn't that a Bill and Ted sort of thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that actress, uh, you know, she would, she would, um, she actually kept those fake boobs <laughs> and uh, showed up a few few years back at a uh, at a at a fan thing wearing them. And was signing autographs and letting people feel them. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Apparently still amused by them. <laughs> yeah. What was I going to say about that? There's something. I mean, there's the sexual. Um... Oh, I know. The, begin the beginning is, you know, <laughs> is typical uh, hor horror type scenario uh where they're you know they're oh we're gonna have sex and i was and i, I kept couldn't help but think like don't have sex you'll die for yep. sure <laughs> um, i did too <laughs> but then like the only reason they didn't die was because of that yeah actually you didn't make make that make that argument and then the weird the weirdness was like he would get distracted like first she was just <laughs> like she offers himself up to her and then he's distracted so she's pissed and then he's, you know, he's rude when she, when she leaves and, uh, and then he does it again at school and she shoves a burger in his face, you know, like, you know, he just, they're, they're making up and then, then he, he drifts off. He looks at the TV and then yeah. she, she gets pissed again. Like <laughs> something about that was, I, I, I found it kind of humorous, but also like, you know, like what, what, what? I mean, you've been going out for a year and this is the, you know, like, and then when this one momentary distraction ruins the entire relationship, I mean, come on. Oh, I thought you were going to say how it resonates with you that someone could be so easily distracted. Oh, well, definitely. <laughs> from one thing to another. I saw myself in him for sure. <laughs> Wait. Yes. Is, is, is there a baseball game on the radio? Yes. <laughs> Ruining relationships, but not paying attention. Yep. Check. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one of our interns did a little research for me because, you know, this this movie had the quote, where you going, pencil dick? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember that being an insult in the mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. And so, looking at movie quotes, this appears to be the first movie that does that. It's oh, used yeah? again mm -hmm. in Dragnet when it, when he says, "About time you pencil dicks showed up." <laughs> <laughs> it's in Scary Movie too. Like you got to be quicker than that, pencil dick. <laughs> it's also in Strictly Business, Chill in the Corn too. It's in a bunch of different stuff, but this is definitely the earliest. It's in Cool World, which I was like, really? I remember that being a cartoon movie, but all right. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm just I'm glad that I mean we we have to keep them employed. What's that? And, 
They have to keep the interns, the interns employed. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, if if you guys are interested, there's a website called playphrase.me. Mm. And you can type in any word or phrase and it'll show you movies where it appears. And they'll show you the scene. And if you type in Pencil Dick, the first one that comes up is Fright Night. <laughs> and uh, you can download them and everything. Uh, it, you can only do five per search for free. You got to pay if you want more. It's like a subscription, I think. Or maybe it's just what? a one-time donation type deal. I'm not sure. Oh, it's a double-edged sword here. This It sounds great, but at the same time, like, <laughs> crap, now we got to look this up every time we mess up these lines? <laughs> <laughs> we have no excuse anymore. Oh, well. Yeah, no, that's that's good. That's a good resource. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, All right. What's happening next? You, have uh... we driven a stake through the heart of this movie? <laughs> Thank you. Oof. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Yes, we yeah. have. And we are going to move on to another decade because we've been stuck in the 80s for a while. <laughs> so I thought, mm, let's go 90. I was I had some 70s ideas, but 90s seemed fine. And uh, I'm going to have to, I can't tell you the director. I'm going to tell you an actor uh, and that we had, it, it's been mentioned. It's come up once or twice in passing on on some episodes that we've done i don't can't remember what but uh the actor is bill paxton hmm so let's start with that 90s bill paxton mm-hmm. uh, i hope we're not chasing tornadoes oh is it twister hell no is it true lies <sighs> it's not true lies although i that's uh, that's a lovely pick and that would have been a good is pick. it predator 2 Predator 2, also an interesting pick since we have done Predator. Uh, yeah, Tom, I was texting Tom recently and he was just he was just saying, guess what movie I'm watching? Predator 2, you know, which is obvious. And then he was like, better than Predator 1. I was like, no, 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 that's mm, blasphemy. No. no way. But uh, yeah, so we'll save that one. Mm, but it is, yeah, you're in the, on the right track. Kind of obscure, nope. not big like True Lies nope. or... Packs in the 90s. Late nineties, late nineties, yeah. And he's, um, you know, he's a he's one of the big. F- when did Frailty come out? Was that nineties? Mm. No, I don't recall that one. I think hmm. I have seen it, but. Hmm. Bill Paxton. Why am I drawing a damn blank? I'll give you this. Yeah, of... we, we had him in Tombstone. But that's early nineties. Yep. Oh, uh, he's got. You wouldn't pick Titanic. I would not. Well, I mean, I might pick Titanic. <laughs> is that nineties? I might just be mean. Titanic's pick, late nineties. Yeah. Oh, geez. I could have picked that one. That would have been. Oh, bad. oh. You got it. He's one of the astronauts. Oh, is it Apollo thirteen? Nope. Oh. <laughs> Let me give you the genre. It's okay. a. It's a neo. It's oh, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. It's a crime. It's a crime. It's crime. I know what it is. All right. All right. Let's torture. Is it trespass? Him. Is he? He's in trespass. I thought that was Nick Cage. Is he also or no, wait, or am I thinking of Judgment Night? Yeah, he's in Judgment Night. I didn't pick that That's one. That's it. That's what I'm thinking of. All right, I'm, so what is it? Uh, they're a bunch of idiots, right? Uh-huh. Oh, it's Simple. even done by, by by one of Cohen's heroes. What? Yes, I couldn't get to tell directed. you the director, director because you would have... You can't tell us the director because it's Sam Raimi. Yeah. Oh, uh, Simple Plan? Yes. That's a good movie. I hope it is because I've only seen it once when it at the time, and I thought, well, is it as good as I remember? I mean, maybe it's not. 
Well, we're going to find out. Yep. <laughs> Sweet. Well, great. <laughs> but first, I'd like to butter your mouth. <laughs> With that, I'm out. <laughs> Do you realize it's snowing in my room? God damn it! <laughs> All right. The joke I'm thinking of is way too long to say right now from Predator Two about his underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You can All you right. can find a way to seg segue that one in next time. Next time. Next time. On the film with three brains. Thanks for listening. See you later. Anyone else? <laughs> Sam left. <laughs> oh, Sam's gone. I was out a while ago. <laughs> I said my line. <laughs> I like the Fright Night Cackle.